Andrew. Ben. It's time. It's the Max Fun Drive. This is the best time of year. This is where all of our self-worth comes from. <laughs> this is the only way we know we're loved. That's true. We were really lucky last year that we got a lot of great support from uh, Dead Pilot Society listeners and from Max Fun um, pledgers. Yeah, it means so much. We put these things out into the podcast ether, and we have no idea really how much you know, who, how many people are listening, and yeah. and how much they they like the show. But when you donate, that really tells us that we're loved. It's true, and we're doing something that is unique. No one else does what we do. What do we do? What we do is we take comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced, and we give them the table reads they never got a chance to have. Let's talk for a second about some of the amazing names we've had involved in the past year. Patton Oswalt, Tony Hale, Lori Metcalf, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Ritter, Tiffany Haddish, who we had on before. Anyone <laughs> knew who Tiffany Haddish was. Molly Shannon, Anna Camp, Tom Lennon, Ben Schwartz, Ben Feldman, Michaela Watkins, Busy Phillips, Adam Scott, Retta, Casey Wilson, Constance Zimmer, Maz Jabrani, Baron Vaughn, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Mae Whitman, John Ross Bowie, Frankie Shaw, Dave Foley, Andy Richter, Skylar Aston, Kiernan Shipka, Lorraine Newman, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman. This is just a partial, partial list. And that's only the performers. That's the performers, like the, yeah. The writers themselves have been... Yeah. Superstar. Also That's John Hodgman also and John Tom, Hodgman. Tom Lennon, yeah. Adam McKay. I mean, we, we get the top the top writers in this business. And and I think we do two things. There's an entertainment value. We're we're allowing you to listen to a hilarious sitcom in your car, at the gym, where you're running, wherever you might be. And at the same time, there's an educational uh, content for for a lot of our listeners I know are our writers, wanna be mm-hmm. writers, and there's no substitute for what we are providing because the fact is when you go back and look at a pilot of a show that is you know you love and went five seasons and you go look at the pilot you see that pilot very differently um it's you can't learn the same things because you're bringing everything all the subsequent episodes and they, they're always going to seem so great because right. you know the character so well over seasons i i will say that I was living, you know, with two guys who who started writing on Friends in the first season, and we all watched that pilot together, and we were like, meh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like another Gen X, you know, kind of <laughs> rip-off thing. Like, it's, it didn't seem that great. Now it seems great in retrospect. Mm-hmm. This, what we do, enabling writers to listen to these pilots that only, you know, that didn't go any farther, you can see what works, what didn't. Uh, I think it's an incredible learning opportunity that you'll get nowhere else. Plus, yeah. you know, they're hilarious, right. and you get to hear all these great people. And I, I will say, having been involved with this show, I do learn something every time, and I love putting together the show, as difficult as it often can be in the <laughs> casting process. I love putting it together. I know you love putting it together. So it really is the the people who have pledged to support us that we have to thank for that. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that we would be able to keep going if we didn't know there was such a huge interest in what we're doing. Yeah, so, it really thanks does. Thanks to those folks. It, yeah, thank you to, to the people who are already uh, members, who already pledge, and thank you to all of you who are about to do it. How do they do it? If someone has only come to the show in the past couple months, they missed last year's uh, Max Fund Drive, how can they pledge now? They go to MaximumFund.org slash donate. At the next break, we'll talk about you know what's involved with sort of each level and what you get from that. But For those of you who have been listening for a long time, it didn't sound—this show— um, <laughs> 
It didn't sound great at the beginning. We were kind of uh, a little rough with our recording technology, and we I feel like we've really upped our game. Um, you hear it when I've posted some of the episodes from the early days compared to what they are now. And it's your donations that really make that possible, that, that make us, you know, that enable us to make a really professional sounding show with these great casts. And, you know, if you do enjoy the show, if you're listening to this, if you've been listening, it means there's a good chance you probably enjoy the show. Uh, you know, the best things in life are not uh, free, <laughs> uh, despite what that saying might be. So become a member right now. Don't wait. When well, you're thinking about it now, you're listening to us, become a member right now. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Go where, Ben? MaximumFun.org slash donate. Here's Ben's interview with Elizabeth Lame, live from the Dynasty Theater in Los Angeles. Hi. Hi. Thanks for letting us do this. Oh, my God. Thank uh, you so much. This is such a joy. Tell us about this script. Tell, tell the folks who you are. You have a hit podcast, several hit podcasts. Oh, that's so sweet. And uh, somehow out of that, you got to write TV? Yeah, well, the podcast came after trying to write for, like, ever. <laughs> and uh, it was, like, a desperate attempt to try to be connected with people. And then it turns out that was the thing that got me into writing <laughs> for money. So it all worked out. So was it, uh, were you approached because people were fans of the podcast and they wanted to see something sort of personal, which the podcasts are, the, by the way, totally lame. Yeah, totally, uh, I should say the that. flagship. Totally lame, yeah, is now the podcast that has been brought back and exists. So check it out. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> Not right now. Get After. on your phones right now. What were you doing? Uh, how did this opportunity to write a script that is really kind of based on your life? Yeah, you, it is. How did that arise? So first of all, I sold something the year before um, in working with June Raphael and Casey Wilson. And then the next year, I wasn't working and I had just had a baby. Or wait, I was about to have a baby. I don't know. I had two babies. It was a mess. It's hard to keep track of. <laughs> it is. It honestly is. And I thought, what is the thing I have? And it's this podcast. And so I approached Tammy Sager, who's incredible, with that. And she listens to the podcast. And she was like, I can't do it. I don't have time. And then while we were sitting at dinner, she like pulled out a piece of paper and broke the whole story. And, and I was like, so we're doing this. And she's like, oh, shit, I guess we're doing this. So it was, that was when it started. And then, That's you know, great. yeah. So did you write it before going out and pitching it? No, we took okay. it out, pitched it. Uh, so it's kind of about the true story of my husband and I. Um, we have a very sweet, romantic, nauseatingly cute love story. <laughs> and then I was like, I really want to find a way to make a show about 20-somethings hanging out in New York, because I feel like that's never been done before. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Can you tell us about the, the pitch process? I'm curious to hear how yeah. you pitch something, because I know... Studios and networks love to hear it's based on your own life, yes. but it also has to be funny and a show that runs for years and years. So how, how did that work? Yeah, the pitch, well, Tammy was in New York, so we were working on the pitch over Skype, which is great for comedic timing <laughs> and connecting. Um, it was scary, like it was a disaster. I was like, this is not gonna happen. The week before we were going into pitch, she came into town, we went for long walks, and we just like, got the story together, but the year before when I had taken out the pilot with June and Casey, it was like jokes, jokes, jokes. This pitch was totally different where we left the room and everyone had tears in their eyes, and I was like, 
that was horrible. This is not going to happen. We're I like comedy. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be in comedy, and um, lo and behold, it, it all worked out. So, but I love pitching. I think it's like I love that adrenaline and fear and like staring at executives icy cold, and it's like I'm going to break you. Um, so, and yeah. You did. Yeah, I guess so. We left him crying. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, we had two networks want it, which was very cool. And yeah. CBS bought it. And, okay. and then you entered the development process. Yes. Um, and you and Tammy sort of knew what that pilot story was, presumably, going in. Yeah. How did that start to evolve during that process? Or did it? It did. It changed a lot because we realized pretty quickly, like, we didn't have a story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her, her story was great, but there wasn't, like, a through line. Um, so, it, yeah, it changed a lot. And I know everyone has different stories, but I have found the notes that we've gotten are always actually, there's, like, the seed is very true. And so I've, I've I mean, some of the suggestions of changing things haven't been exactly what I would want, but... I, the notes process has always actually been really great and, I mean, horrible to go through, but ultimately, like, a good thing, you know. Sure. It gives you a little perspective on your own work. Which yes, exactly. Um, and, and how long, how far into the process were you when you realized they may not be into this? From the jump. Oh, no. <laughs> I, listen, I mean, we were going, we were going up against you know, huge showrunners and, you know. Which, I mean, we've heard, you know, we heard from Abby that that doesn't always guarantee anything. Sure, yes, that's true. But, I mean, I've just kind of assume it's not going to happen and I'm always right. <laughs> so That must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did they tell you and did they give you a reason? Well, at the end, I kind of started to be like, maybe this will happen because we were getting... Everyone was getting the news. We were not hearing. They said we're still in contention. Everyone it, was getting passes. Yeah. Okay. And so it was like well into February, and you know, I was wow. on deadline all, <laughs> every day looking. And <laughs> then finally I got the call, and I, I was really upset because by that point I had started to think maybe, I don't know, but yeah, you know, it's a bummer. And did they give you any kind of reason? Um. No, well, they probably did. I feel like <laughs> that phone call is a weird one where like time slows and you're like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to move to Idaho and I'll open a sandwich shop. It's going to be fine. Um, yeah, I don't really remember what the reason was. But, you know, it's always like we loved it. It just, you know, didn't. Not this I, year. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. Right. Which, again, I mean, we say this again and again on this podcast and elsewhere. There's so much out of our control. Yes. The most you can do is the best you can do on that one script. And I think you guys really, you did a great job oh, on thanks. the script. I think people are going to enjoy it. Tell us uh, where to find you online. What are you doing right now? Tell them how to find Total yeah. Rain. And, and the, the spinoffs, too, which, you know, may or may not be still happening. They're not. They we're, we're, just, we're just on, we just have Totally Lame. It's super fun. It's once a week. We have someone from comedy comes to our house, and my husband and I hang out with them. Um, so that's on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. And then you can find me on Twitter at Totally Lame and Instagram at Elizabeth Lame. Terrific. Elizabeth, thank you, thank you so me. much for letting us do this. Thank it's you. It's going to be a lot this of fun. This is such a great time. All right, we're back here at the Max Fun Drive, uh, and we're here to talk to you a little bit about what you will get if you become a new 
or upgrading member? There are goals. Yes, there is a goal. Maximum Fun has a goal, and we're going we're gonna to meet it with your help. And that goal is 25,000 new or upgrading members. Now, we already, already have a lot of um, people who have pledged to support us in the past, and we hope those people, as much as we appreciate what they've done already, that they'll see that we're not going away. Yeah. Even if they want us to. We're not. We're not going away. So maybe they will maybe uh, upgrade their their pledge and uh, get some of these new gifts and uh, help us uh, continue to support them. Yeah, maybe you're at $5 a month. How much would it hurt you to go to $10 a month? Let's let's break this down for a second. Okay, let's do it. Uh, $5 a month. That's sort of the minimum pledge that folks can give. What do they get for that? Well, you get access to a ton of... Of exclusive bonus content because you get the bonus content from every Maximum Fun podcast, and there are a lot of them. And every show puts out bonus content that is just for the members. For us this year, we did an experiment at one show, and we decided to do a reading of a classic pilot, and we read the Mary Tyler Moore Show pilot. We had a great cast. Uh, Autumn Reeser played Mary Tyler Moore, or Mary Richards, rather. Um, Amber Stevens West was Rhoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Malamed played Lou Grant. Uh, we had a bunch of other. Natalie Morales was in it. Uh, Mark Evan Jackson played Ted Knight, which was hilarious. Uh, Rich Summer, Matt Gorley, Kiernan Shipka, Craig Kakowski. It was a great cast. It was really fun. The only way you can hear that is by becoming a member. Correct. Uh, you'll also get our bonus content from last year, which right. was pretty fun. Which for the, was for the folks who pledged last year. Yeah, you've you, enjoyed that already. Yeah. Go out on Twitter, tell people how funny it is. There were two things we posted. We posted That's an right. alternate reading of the uh, Mike Royce, Kevin Beagle mm-hmm. uh, version of the movie Big, yes. TV pilot version of the movie Big, and Steve Agee's <laughs> incredible Weekend Dracula pilot. Which, for folks who are unfamiliar with Weekend Dracula, basically we were at a party and uh, Steve was leaving the party and said, good evening. And it became this text thread of us making fun of Steve, imagining that he was a uh, vampire. Yeah, not a vampire, a Dracula. A Dracula, yes, specifically a Dracula. (laughs) Uh, And Paul F. Tompkins said to Steve, please go write this Weekend Dracula. Uh, And Steve took... One day, <laughs> and wrote this six, eight-page script, which we performed uh, at San Francisco Sketch Fest last year yeah. uh, with Paul F. Tompkins and Matt Gorley, busy, busy was in it. Yeah, and it's it's phenomenal. At $10 per month, there are these really cool enamel pins uh, that are designed for each Maximum Fun show. So you get a special Dead Pilot Society enamel pin. It's pretty cool. And even if you got a pin last year, there's a new pin for... For this year. Yeah, yeah. At the $20 per month level, you will get the Max Fun Family Cookbook uh, and a set of three handsome space themed <laughs> cookie cutters. So tell us about this cookbook. This is a really fun idea. It's uh, curated by the Max Fun hosts, ourselves included. Uh, the book has a bunch of recipes from everything from cocktails to desserts to main courses. I myself sent in a recipe for tomato soup. When I'm working on a script, I don't want to break for like a heavy lunch or even to make a long lunch. So I love having just that made on a Monday. I can sort of have it all week. So I don't have to think about anything but the pilot I'm working on. That's the kind of insider writing <laughs> uh, advice exactly. that you'll only get here. 
uh, and in the Max Fun Family Cookbook. Pretty cool thing. That's it's a, really fun. It is fun. And that's only $20 a month. Yeah, I feel like especially if you're, you know, I, hopefully you're listening to our show, you enjoy our show, and you want to support our show. But if you're listening to more than one Max Fun show, and yeah. there are a lot of great ones. I mean, people know uh, uh, Jesse Thorne's show, and they know John Hodgman's show. Um, but a show that I'm into right now is a show called Switchblade Sisters, in, which is sort of a feminist take on horror films. Um, and as soon as I started listening to another Max Fun show, I sort of saw, well, there's just a wealth of stuff here. There's a great community, and there's reason to sort of support everyone. Um, so we've talked about sort of the ten, the five, the ten, the twenty dollar pledges. There's thirty five dollars a month. You get an engraved carafe, which is lovely. Yep, you the rocket logo. Yeah. yeah, and there's higher levels. Those are all going to be uh, when you go to maximumfund.org slash donate. We're going to show you all those gift levels. Think back. If you're a, a regular listener of the show, is there a time you laughed? Is there a time where maybe you, you know, you're, the news was getting to you and it, it was just, uh, it was a bad day and you listened to an episode of Dead Pilot Society and you laughed? Um, isn't that worth something? And once again, for the our bonus content alone, which is the Mary Tyler Moore Show pilot, uh, Weekend Dracula, the alternate reading of Big uh, by Mike Royce and Kevin Beagle. That's worth the that's, price a lot. That, that's worth it. But Come you on, get everybody else's Everybody's stuff. show. It's a lot that you get for very little. Um, and it'll make us feel loved, <laughs> which, to reiterate, is really important. Do it now. While you're thinking about it, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Going to just quickly jump in here to introduce the cast for Totally Lame. Jason Ritter, Aiden Mayeri, Lucas Neff, Jamie Denbo, Scott Michael Foster, Tony Trucks, Brendan Hines, Mark Evan Jackson, Caitlin Tarver, and Nola Bowie. All right, this is Totally Lame, story by Elizabeth Lame and Tammy Sager, written by Elizabeth Lame. We're in the cold open. Exterior, New York City morning. Establishing shots of New York. Commuters on their way to work, joggers, moms pushing strollers, everyone listening to something on their earbuds. Over this, we hear the sunny voice of Molly Lame. Good morning. You're listening to the Totally Lame podcast. Well, wait, it's a podcast, so you might not be listening in the morning. Shoot, start over. And we're interior at an airport. Molly sits at an airport gate recording into her iPhone, her smeared makeup and must hair, hint that she's been up all night. Hey there, whatever time you're listening to this, I'm your host, Molly Lame, and in case you can't tell, this is definitely the first podcast I've ever recorded, and I'm doing it in an airport. Uh, Not because of the awesome and super friendly looks I'm getting from the business travelers around me, but because, dear brand new listeners, I have to make a decision. Do I get on the plane? And all that depends on whether or not I believe in destiny. Because before last night, I did not. And we flash back to a New York street at night. Molly walks down the street holding a cake box. But then I got caught in a storm. A street cleaning truck goes by, sweeping up dirt and debris right into Molly's face. A garbage storm. It doesn't really sound like a destiny thing, right? Except... She she coughs and loses her footing when she's caught by a guy, a really cute guy. This is Andy. Molly? Molly Lame? Andy Roberts. Andy freaking Roberts. (laughs) Okay, to recap my childhood diary. And we flash back to a middle school science class in the 2000s, a lab classroom full of sixth graders wearing safety goggles, dealing with Bunsen burners. As the scene unfolds, we have a telestrator effect. 11-year-old Molly is circled and labeled me. A heart is drawn around 11-year-old Andy. 
and it says Andy freaking Roberts. <laughs> Andy Roberts was my first crush, like all through fifth grade, sixth grade. Andy puts his goggles on inside out and gets back to the science, very serious. Molly laughs, but so does every other girl in the class, much to Molly's dismay. But crush doesn't do it justice. I was in love with him. And we're in Molly's childhood kitchen. An 11-year-old Molly mopes while her mom cooks. He makes me feel fizzy, but I don't know how I make him feel. He just needs to get to know you better, Maldol. Give it time, and then I know he'll feel fizzy. Molly looks doubtful. Her mom hugs her, softly singing their song. Hey, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing's gonna be all right. But Andy's family moved from St. Louis to Idaho the next year. And now we're at the exterior of Andy's childhood home, still in flashback. 12-year-old Andy throws his duffel bag into his family's minivan, loaded for the move. He turns and smiles at something. I wasn't the only girl who felt fizzy for him. Andy hugs his way through a line of sad, beautiful 12-year-old girls. <laughs> Molly's at the end. Andy high-fives her. But he never felt busy for me. And we cut back to that New York street. Molly brushes off debris while Andy smiles at her. Molly starts to high-five him, but he takes her in with a hug. I am so psyched to see you, Molly Lame. Destiny, right. But it didn't just start in a garbage storm. It also had real garbage timing, because an hour before that... And we go to Little Bucker's Bar an hour earlier. Molly is surrounded by friends, a cake on the table. Her best friend, Kendall, raises a glass to toast. To Molly and her last night in New York. And we end the cold open. Act one, we're in Little Bucker's bar earlier that night. I spent my last night in New York at Lil Bucker's, a Times Square rodeo-themed bar, also known as most people's version of hell, but... <laughs> Molly stands toasting. The bar manager, Birdit, is behind the bar. I love this place! Birdit, the Birdman. You're an awesome manager, and I had so much fun this year working as a bartender. Bar back. Basically bartender. <laughs> nope. Well, <laughs> I definitely connected with the customers on an intimate bartender client level, so. Before Birdit can yeah. interrupt, Molly quickly goes on. Kendall, my bestie above the restie. I've known Kendall my whole life, and she hasn't changed one bit. And we go back to flashback, the middle school science class. The flashback we saw, though now 11-year-old Kendall is circled with the telestrator effect. Kendall, she's Molly's lab partner, wearing one popped-collar polo layered over another and totally ignoring Andy's shenanigans, busy doing her work. Molly, concentrate. It's policy. And we cut back to... Little Bucker's bar, as they were, Molly's getting teary with her toast. I don't know what I would do without you. No, no tears. It's policy. Just sit. Toast is over. You can cross that off your list. <clears throat> Molly sits and takes out a list. Birdit clocks it. What's that? Packing list? <laughs> Packing list. Birdit, my flight is in 12 hours. I packed days ago. Yeah, she's been wearing my underwear all week. Okay, that was not great planning on my part. Anyway, this is my leaving New York with no regrets list. Walked across the Brooklyn Bridge. Went to the Empire State Building. Wait, that's your no regrets list? There's other stuff. <laughs> I, I ate a cronut. I ate a bialy. Okay, that's lots of eating stuff. Um, oh, oh, this one is cool. I went on, a su on a, every subway line. Well, except for the J. I tried, but that station was taped off because of the rat flood. Please tell me that means that there was a flood that drowned a rat. No, no, a flood made of rats. Flood of rats. Flood of rats usually happens when two rat kings fight. <laughs> Kendall pushes her cake away, grossed out. Something on the list catches Birdit's eye. Whoa, you're going to do Jarvis? 
For real? Yeah, I am. It's my last night in New York, so it's time to live a little. She nods towards a mountain man dude at the end of the bar. He raises his beer and winks, kind of pervy. Finally. Uh, I told you when I hired you, everybody has to ride him. <laughs> of course, I can't legally say that, but... <laughs> it's a tradition, little buckers. I did it. <laughs> And we reveal behind the mountain man dude is Jarvis, a mechanical bull. Listen to me, you really do not have to do this. I will not let fear rule me. I'm going to get my MBA. I've drunk two and a half shots. Let's do this. Ride the bull. Ride the bull. I don't think that you're supposed to chant for yourself. I know, (laughs) but that's also on the list. Just then a bachelorette party storms in, shrieking. They all clamor to mount Jarvis. Looks like you're going to have to take a number. Oh, too bad. I mean, I guess that's a sign, not in the cards. Looks like I'll just just leave. That's one more item on my list. Cashing in my fully filled-in punch card at Blimpies and getting that free sub. I'm proud of you, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll see you back at our place. Oh, our place. That's the last time I'm going to say that. <laughs> no tears. It's policy. If I can't see them, if I can't see them, it doesn't count. Okay, well, look, if we're breaking policy, I might as well go all out. Your parents would be so proud of you. You know that, right? That means everything. Thank you. They hug. Okay. Okay. I cannot reapply mascara this late at the night. I refuse. Okay. Plus, cousin Wendy's moving in, and I don't want her to think that I'm a freak. Oh, that freak is 27 and has lived at home her whole life. I know. She's so sheltered and quiet and weirdly tidy. I feel bad for moving out and leaving you with her. No, no, no. Those bummer qualities make her the perfect roommate. Plus, she has to pay her rent on time or else it'll bring shame to her parents. They laugh and Molly exits. We're on a New York street moments later. Molly, holding the cake box, walks down the street. And that's when I stepped into what was either destiny or a trash storm, depending. We hear a gate agent. Passengers, flight 367 is delayed due to weather. And we cut to the airport. Molly pops out an airbud to listen to the announcement. For updates, please refer to the sign. The gate agent motions towards a screen that says, Flight 367, Destiny. Molly does a double take and sees that it actually says, Flight 367, delayed. She shakes it off and goes back to recording. We cut back to New York Street, continued from before. Molly and Andy look at each other with amazement, and we hear Molly's voiceover. So there he was. Was this a sign? Or was I just reading into a coincidence? Either way, 11-year-old me would have been freaking out. In the background, we see 11-year-old Molly, so psyched. So, hi, well, do you live here? How is Idaho? Are the potatoes really better there? Sorry, I've wondered about that since like seventh grade. Uh, I, I do live here, and, uh, and Idaho is awesome. And, and we, yeah, we eat potatoes there like apples. Just rinse and take a bite. <laughs> really? So, what do you do? <laughs> what do you? What do you do now? Uh, I am a music producer. That's awesome. Well, not officially. Uh, officially, I work at the guitar set. That's still cool. You're around music. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what everyone who works there thought. But it's more like if you wanted to direct movies, so you sell video cameras at Best Buy. It's it's not great. Man, it is so good to see you. What, what are you up to? What's, what's with the box? Uh, you know, just living the dream, stopping people from throwing away perfectly good cake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to come with me to this party? I mean, I know, I know it's late. and uh, I'd I'm, love to. They start to, <laughs> they start to walk, laughing and connecting. 
Walking behind Andy and Molly is 11-year-old Molly, skipping and jumping, so stoked. I'd set out to leave New York with no regrets, and it felt like I'd just gotten my biggest chance yet. I'm going out with Andy Roberts. Andy freaking Roberts. (laughs) Be cool. (laughs) We're at a hipster party later. Andy and Molly hold beers. Molly clocks the intimidatingly cool crowd. Whoa, I've never felt so Midwestern before. Hey, Molly Lame, Midwestern is a good thing. St. Louis, do or die! He tries to give her a complicated fist bump handshake thing, but Molly cannot follow along. Okay, this is not a thing. We never did this. Really? We never had a secret handshake? Uh, I mean, maybe you and Beth Brunner did? Oh, man, I forgot about Beth Brunner. You did? Andy! Andy waves and leads Molly over to his friend, BDT, Ernest Indie Rock Guy. Molly, this is my roommate, BDT. Molly and I haven't seen each other How since... How good are uh, you at games? I will crush you. <laughs> Molly is a, a game monster. She was captain of the Logic Riddle team. You actually made Daniel Sheck cry. No, Daniel Sheck's lack of preparedness made Daniel Sheck cry. <laughs> well, the name of this game is Human or Alien. <gasps> Ooh, Julian's new girlfriend? Yep. Our roommate only dates hot aliens. Girls so hot, they actually look more like aliens than people. You know, the, the big eyes, the sharp cheekbones, and the super long limbs. Classic alien features. But also ill-equipped to hang in human conversation. Total bummers. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's sexist. Uh, <laughs> I minored in women's studies. I think I know what's sexist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Might be a little bit sexist, but without question, it's definitely alienist. <laughs> I like you. I like her. She's not a bummer. <laughs> oh, Molly Lame is the opposite of a bummer. She's summer. I'm summer? You, yeah. Yeah, you're sunny and warm and fun. Molly blushes as Julian, a laid-back stockbroker, and his date, Yvette, model gorgeous, join with some drinks. Hey, I'm Julian. This is Yvette. I'm Molly. Nice to meet you guys. Oh, your hand is so cold. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I don't think that I have enough body fat to circulate the warmth to my hands. But your hand is so warm. It's like a skin mittens. Yeah, I don't have that the circulation problem. Andy mouths alien to Molly. So, Yvette, do you think the Egyptians built the pyramids on their own? Or, uh, or were they uh, aided by a uh, greater wisdom? Julian shoots daggers at BDT. We are sound effects. Little dolphin yips. Oh, that's my phone. Hello, David Oyala. Yvette <laughs> Yvette answers in Icelandic, which does sound non-human. <laughs> she exits to take the call, and Julian smacks BDT's arm. I know what you're doing. Knock it off. Sorry, Molly. BDT tries to scare off any girl we bring around, even though he gets laid more than anyone. But I like Molly. I'm not trying to scare her off. Good. I like Molly, too. Well, then it's decided. You should hang out with us again. I mean, only if you want to. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) It was like my wildest dreams. Dreams I didn't even know I still had were coming true. Yvette comes back and pops open the cake box. Why does the cake say goodbye, Molly? Because I'm moving to Chicago tomorrow. And we're back in the airport. Attention, Flight 367. Apologies for the delay. We are finally ready for boarding. Molly hesitates, not sure what she should do, and we end Act 1. 
We're in act two at the hip party. BDT, Julian, Andy, and Molly sit awkwardly, oblivious to the mood. Yvette scoops out some cake with her hands. You're really moving tomorrow? Chicago. Oh, that explains the frosting with the deep dish pizzas and... Is that a murder scene? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a shout out to Al Capone or the rising homicide rate there. I'm going to Northwestern to get my MBA. But you're so short. No, not NBA. <laughs> it's, it's a business degree. Oh, I know, I know, but where I'm from, only tall people do business. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> Short ones do manual tasks. <laughs> Head labor for tall, hand labor for small. (laughs) Andy mouths alien to Molly. She smiles. Well, I should probably go. My flight is early. Andy stands up to hug her while she sticks out her hand to try the secret handshake, but it falls apart. Uh, It was like whatever secret sauce that had made everything between us so easy had evaporated. Molly gives up and gives him a quick hug goodbye and leaves. BDT taps Andy to follow her. You heard her, it's her last night. She's summer, go. And we're exterior the New York City street. Andy runs after Molly. Hey, Molly, wait up. She turns, her face lighting up. Um... I, I can't let your last night in New York end like that. A, a failed secret handshake? <laughs> Being vaguely insulted by Julian's hot alien? We, we can do better. I actually made a list of things to do before I go. My no regrets list. Perfect. What, what you got? It's kind of lame. Molly lame. Do not use your own name against yourself. <laughs> I just finished a whole Blimpy's punch card, so I'm getting my free sub. That sounds awesome. Wait. Where's my card? Shoot! I think I lost it. Great, because that sounded terrible. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get an old-timey cocktail at the Rainbow Room, best view in the city, Ray's original pizza for the best slice. I thought the best was famous original Ray's pizza. (laughs) Yeah, because famous is in the name, but that's how they get you. And we got to get this right. It's your last night. You're cool doing all this with me. Oh, this is way better than staying home making beats like every other night. Ooh! I gotta make a wish in uh, the Washington Square Fountain. That's so cool you make beats. Are they dope beats? <laughs> uh, hopefully they're very dope. Um, photo with Statue of Liberty. No, too late, no fairies. <gasps> photo with Naked Cowboy in Times Square. Perfect substitute. Wait, oh my goodness, serendipity. I know, just running into each other. No, it's... no, the serendipity. And we're interior of serendipity, the famous adorable dessert place. Andy and Molly sit at a small circular table. The cake box is on the table in front of them. It's even better than in my dreams. It looks exactly like it did in the movie, Serendipity, which was filmed here, so that makes sense. <laughs> the snobby waiter drops off their drinks. Frozen hot chocolates? Yeah, like you ordered. (laughs) Right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just... I'm so excited. No kidding. (laughs) Oh my god! Frozen hot chocolate! The waiter rolls his eyes and exits. Molly bursts out laughing and Andy winks at her. We cut to Molly and Kendall's apartment at the same time. It's a very neat, small apartment decorated with the aesthetics of Dwell Magazine on an Ikea budget. Kendall walks through the living room, turning on the light, head down in her phone. 
We hear a voice off screen. Hey, Kendall. Oh my God, Wendy. <laughs> Kendall startles at the sight of Wendy in sitting in the middle of the couch. I got the key for my mom. How does Auntie Nisha have a key to my place? From your mom? How does my mom have a key to my place? Just a heads up, I can't answer more than three questions at a time, okay? I'm not Google. <laughs> okay, sorry. Do you need help moving your stuff in? Nope, all moved in. Just a heads up, I switched rooms with you. Your room had a bigger window, which is really important for my need to have a bigger window. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait. I'm not Google. And we're at exterior of the New York street. Andy and Molly now carry multiple cake boxes. After a little serendipity, it felt like the secret sauce was back. <laughs> I can't believe you told the waiter it was both our birthdays. It just felt like first cake was getting lonely. Totally. My mom always said cake makes everything feel like a party. I remember her lemon bars from the bake sales. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I'm really sorry about uh, I heard I heard a couple of years ago um, about your parents dying, or I mean passing away. I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't know how to say it. It's okay. I mean it sucks, but not because of how you said it. That was nice. <laughs> that must have been a horrible time. It was. But then the year after was almost worse. I felt like I was stuck in St. Louis in this awful rut. They knew me by name at Dippin' Dots. I was dating a guy who hated my laugh. It was bad. <laughs> so how did you get out of the rut? It sounds dumb, but podcasts, actually. It helped knowing I wasn't alone out there, and I listened to them all the time still. And then my best friend Kendall came. Kendall Ganesh? Queen of the popped collar? Oh my god, of course you remember her. Oh, I can't wait to tell her I ran into you. She came to visit and then basically bought me a plane ticket to move to New York. And then forced me to live with her for a year because she said it would be just the kind of life experience that business schools are looking for. And it worked. You got into Northwestern. Yeah. Business school. So, well, why not do something that you're excited about? I, I'm not sure what that would be. And, and business school would have made my parents really proud. Okay. I, I hear that. Um, well, then let's do something that would make them... Really proud, huh? Let's get your photo taken with the naked cowboy. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> We're at the Blimpy sub shop. BDT eats a sub. Can you believe I just found a fully punched <laughs> Blimpy's card like that? I just looked down and there it was, like manna from heaven. <gasps> and we were in a church. <laughs> Julian is distracted watching Yvette, who's trying to work the fountain soda machine. Okay, yeah. what's wrong? <laughs> Who doesn't know how to work a soda machine? She's figuring it out. But she isn't, though. <laughs> she's just not. Uh, an employee helps. I mean, you don't really think she's an alien, right? I was just kidding, man. It's just cultural differences, that's all. No, 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 I know. I'm, I'm getting in my head because for once in my life, I might be hooking up, and you are not. She's, she's great. She's, no, she's not an alien. I really like... Yvette sits down with her food and gets to work pouring way too many salt packets on her sandwich. You, you really like salt, huh? Oh, no, I like salty and sweet. Yvette plunges her salted sandwich into her soda like it's au jus. Dude! I know, dude. <laughs> Yvette takes a huge bite of the soda-soaked sandwich. And I'm out. <laughs> We're exterior Rockefeller Center. Molly and Andy walk with the cake boxes. Uh, 
sorry, that didn't work out. I, I didn't realize the naked cowboy would ever feel too bloated for a photo. <laughs> um, it's okay. There's plenty of other good stuff to do on this list. No regrets. And we go into a montage uh, set to Cake by the Ocean, which plays over these scenes. The rainbow room, the mater d' shakes his head no and points to a sign behind him that says... We enforce a strict <laughs> dress code. But if this was destiny, it seemed like it wanted nothing to do with our list. They start to leave, disappointed, when he motions for them to come back. But it's just to point to another sign that says, no outside food or drink. They're in a pedicab. They ride towards a park when a tire pops. In the park, Andy hands Molly a penny as they approach a fountain. But the fountain is dry, under repair. They look at each other and laugh. Are you kidding me? Or in New York Street a little later. Okay. I'm not going to lie, we've been hitting some bumps on this list. Which is just going to make the next one we do feel even more awesome. Exactly. This one's my favorite. Go to FAO Schwartz to reenact that giant keyboard scene from Big where they play chopsticks. Oh, I'm so sorry to tell you this. FAO Schwartz closed a few years ago. No. Toys R Us bought it out. And then Toys R Us also closed. And now it's a bank. Oh. Oof. I haven't felt this disillusion since I saw two ice cream truck drivers getting a knife fight in front of my building. <laughs> Whoa! I love this city. Yeah, you should stay here. You're, look, you're happy here. And I know you want to make your folks proud, but don't you think they'd be happy that you're happy? And, and why, why go to Dippin' Dots when there's cold stone creamery in the world? <laughs> And what the hell kind of guy hates your laugh? That's insane. Okay, well, actually, now that I hear it again. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's the best. No, what's that guy's deal? I think he just met me when I was really sad and quiet and assumed that's who I really was. But then when I started being myself again, he was not into it. I tried having a snowball fight with him once, and he just said, why would you do that? No. No. Look, I've, I've dated some bummers, but I think the important thing to remember is... He throws a balled-up piece of cake at Molly. Why would you do that? <laughs> they laugh. Molly takes off her coat, throws it on the ground. They throw their wallets, keys, purse, phones on her coat and are in a full-on cake ball fight, pelting each other with cake, laughing and running around, hiding behind trees. Maybe Destiny just had a better list for us. Suddenly... <laughs> Rats! Rats want the cake! Rats want the cake! <laughs> Andy grabs Molly's hand and they run, grabbing their stuff. But it had a funny way of getting us there. We go to a street in Little Italy. Molly and Andy, covered in cake and carrying a cake box, find themselves on a cobbled side street. They stop and take in this different magical world. The street is decked out with string lights and people mill about sharing food. It's the San Gennaro Festival and it's beautiful. They wind their way through as people generously hand them cannolis and wine. A little later, Molly and Andy sit side by side, laughing on carnival swings. And a little bit later, Molly and Andy are ushered to a table by an older Italian woman who places a slice of homemade pizza in front of them. Whoa, this is crazy. I know. Hands down, best slice in New York. All the rays can suck it. No, 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 no. That, that building right there, it's, it's a recording studio. I just applied for an internship there last week. It would be working the overnights and cleaning up everybody's garbage, and it doesn't... Hey. Sounds like a dream gig. I know. It's like impossible to get, but I'm not giving up. <laughs> Man, I wish I loved something that much. Okay, well, what about podcasts? You said podcasts got you through that bad time, right? You should totally start one. I'm serious. You've got an adorable voice, and I know people would listen because you bring the sunshine. 
John Cusack once said that when love feels like magic, you call it destiny. And when destiny has a sense of humor, you call it serendipity. We're on a subway platform <laughs> a little bit later. This is perfect. You'll ride the J, check that off your list, go to my place. Where Do you, you really think I could have a podcast? I mean, I don't even know how I'd go about starting one. Oh, that's the easy part. You just record it in your phone. Here. He takes her phone and records into it, imitating her. Hi, I'm Molly Lame here on my awesome podcast. Totally lame. Ah, totally lame. <laughs> I love it. The fans are called, I don't know, um, lamos, lame wads, lame wads. Well, you might want to work on that a little. Uh... <laughs> the train approaches. Molly steps on and then notices the cake. Andy hops off the train to get it, and the doors close. Molly, startled, watches from the window as the train departs. And to that, Mr. Cusack, I would add that when serendipity separates you from your phone a few hours before your flight, you call that... Now alone, Andy looks down. In one hand, he has the cake. In the other, he's still holding Molly's phone. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> and we end act two. Act three, we're at the subway platform. Andy stands on the platform with Molly's phone, trying to guess her passcode. One... Two, three, four. No. You are a ruthless mystery, Molly Lame. <laughs> Her phone rings. Andy answers. Uh, Kendall? Who is this? I'm calling the police. No, 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 no. It's Andy Roberts. Uh, I, I almost cut off John Fryman's finger in shop. Uh, let's see. Uh, I was with Molly, but lost her on the J. Wait, like, Molly's Andy Roberts? Andy can't help but smile at that. I mean, I, I like to think I'm my own person, but sure, yeah. Molly's Andy Roberts. Okay, don't be cute. You lost my friend on the J. Bring me her phone now. Okay. And we're interior Molly and Kendall's apartment later. Andy and Kendall sit surrounded by Molly's packed boxes. Maybe I should go back to the J and look for her. No, no one should go on the J, ever. No, do not go there. Look, she'll come back. She's got to catch her flight. It sucks that she's leaving. Yeah. I hate the idea of Molly going to Chicago alone. No one's going to make sure that she doesn't listen to true crime podcasts after dark. And then she won't be able to fall asleep, and then she'll be teetering on panic fatigue all day, and then she'll fall asleep in the back of a cab, and then she'll wake up in a bathtub full of ice missing a kidney. That's very specific fear. <laughs> well, I think I'm just keep hoping that she'll stay. Well, that's not an option. <laughs> They both look at Wendy, listening from the doorway. She's carrying a sub sandwich and a shower caddy. I just signed a two-year lease. That was just like a sheet of paper that Uncle Bashant wrote. I will sue you. <laughs> Hi. I'm Wendy. I live here. I'm going to just go take a long bath, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Go for it. Thank you so much. Kendall, later let's maybe discuss the guest policy here. It's really early slash late, and this feels like a major microaggression. She exits. Did she just take a blimpy sub in there with her? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> and we're at Andy's apartment. Molly's at the door, talking a mile a minute to a sleepy BDT and Julian. It's one of those old New York tenement apartments that's even more run down now and smells of boy. I figured out where you guys live because he said you were off the J, plus he'd witnessed like a crazy knife fight between two ice cream truck drivers, which I remembered happened off Avenue F, and then I found this dry cleaning receipt in the place, to that place that's downstairs, the dry cleaner downstairs. That's crazy. Oh, no, no, that's just classic logic riddling. The crazy thing is that some guy kept yelling after me, hey, hey, you, yeah, you. 
Honestly, that's just this neighborhood. <laughs> no, no, I think it's crazy that Andy gets stuff dry cleaned. Yeah, every other week he has to get his guitar center khakis pressed. Aww. So, is he here? BDT opens the door to Andy's room. It's a mess. Heaps of clothes, a mattress without a bed frame, very starving artist. And then there's a bunch of out-of-place, super fancy recording equipment. Whoa. He really takes his music stuff seriously. Every dime. I'll call him now. A phone rings. It's coming from Molly's bag. She pulls out Andy's phone. Oh my god, that was his phone. I must have grabbed it after the cake ball fight. Oh my god. It's so late. I have to go. Can you call me an Uber? Could you tell him? I don't know. Just Could you tell him that I had the best night ever? I did too. They spin around. Andy holds up her phone. I, I used uh, Find My iPhone. <laughs> Molly hugs him, excited. I didn't think I'd see you when you weren't here. I know, I was worried we'd miss each other, but look, I saved the cake. This is so crazy great, <laughs> but I have to go. Just give me five minutes. Uber's coming in four. Just give me four minutes? <laughs> Andy grabs her hand and leads her out. We're exterior of the guy's apartment rooftop moments later. In a huge hurry, Andy places a drink in Molly's hand. This is it, Molly Lane. We are finishing your list right here. Right now, old-timey cocktail. Well, it's a cocktail in a can that I grabbed at the bodega, but close enough. Oh, my God. It's a gin fizzy. Whoa. Yeah. And here it is. The best view of the city. When you live in the ugly part of town, you get to look out. You get to look out away from the ugly. It's a real perk to uh, poverty. <laughs> a car horn beeps twice. <sighs> That's your Uber. We're so close. Andy hands her a Statue of Liberty souvenir and takes a photo with his phone before she knows what's happening. Okay, photo with the Statue of Liberty. Check. Uh, Molly Lame. We did it. No regrets. No regrets. Car honks again. Okay, we're coming, Uber. <laughs> Exterior New York Street moments later, Andy opens the door of the car for Molly. You're amazing. Thank you. We did everything on my list. Well, there's still one thing on my no regrets list. And he kisses her. In the background, 11-year-old Molly jumps up and down, so excited. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and we're a tear of the Uber. Molly rides in the back in a daze. Young Molly sits next to her, chattering away. Oh my gosh, Andy Roberts kissed you, and it's so perfect because you saved yourself for him, and it's all gonna be just like you planned. Wait, you're still a virgin, right? Sure, sure, sure am. Song starts playing on the radio. It's Molly's favorite song. Molly listens, awed by the magic of it all. She leans forward to the driver. Could you turn this up a little? He nods and does so. Molly sits back, alone in the back seat, looking out the window. That fizzy feeling, that's love and longing and magic all mixed together. I think that's what destiny is. And the music ends, and we're in the airplane. Molly looks out the airplane window, recording. And it took me doing this podcast for me to realize I do believe in destiny, Destiny is why I got on this plane. We hear the pilot. All right, folks, we're beginning our descent into New York. Molly smiles. She's home. And we're in the Guitar Center. Andy, in his Guitar Center khakis, stands with a customer when he hears someone playing chopsticks. He turns and is surprised to see Molly at one of the store's electronic keyboards. 
Uh, excuse me, Miss, we have a store policy that customers can't play the instruments until they explain why they're not in Chicago. Mm, totally reasonable store policy. Mm -hmm. I saw these novelty tiny feet in an airport, and I knew I had to bring them here so we could reenact the best scene in movie dumb ever, and here's a pair for your finger legs. Andy grins, putting tiny shoes on his two fingers. He and Molly play chopsticks side by side. <laughs> Their fingers like the legs of Tom Hanks and Robert Loggia in the iconic scene. You missed your flight for this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that would be crazy. No, I flew to Chicago, saw these at the store in O'Hare, and then flew back. Totally worth it. Totally. I'd been looking all night for signs of whether or not I should stay in New York, and then I realized that just looking for those signs was the sign. I want to stay here. I love it here. This isn't me just giving up Northwestern for some guy. I totally get it, and I'm, I'm psyched you're staying. Uh, just checking, I'm the guy, though, right? There's not another guy. That's You're the, the guy. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, my room has been sublet. Out. By um, Blimpies in the bathtub. You met her. Yeah. So I'm going to be living in a partition in the living room, and Burdit is going to give me my job back as long as I agree not to tap dance anymore when someone orders a drink on tap. So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and since I need the money to buy some podcast recording equipment. Awesome. But you, you don't need to buy anything. I do. I'm finally pursuing my dream here. My iPhone isn't going to cut it. Well, whoever suggested you record into your phone was probably just trying to make the idea as simple as possible, and I bet he's got some recording equipment of his own. Maybe you could come over to his place to record Friday night? Hell yeah! Although now I just need to figure out what to talk about. And we're in Tier Little Bucker's Bar. Molly, Andy, Kendall, Julian, and BDT sit at a table with drinks and a pile of paper slips. Andy picks one. Okay, next possible topic for the podcast. How long after sex am I supposed to stay and cuddle? That wasn't mine, I swear. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, di I'm busy, okay? I'm busy. Okay, anyways, next one. Um, would a lower back tattoo be a turn-on or a deal-breaker? Ooh, oh, I know who this is. You, you have a tramp stamp? <laughs> oh, yes, she does, and it's two dolphins circling her tailbone. Oh, that's oh, neat. That sounds yeah. cute. To commemorate our dying oceans. Oh. <laughs> I think you misunderstood the role of the tramp stamp, honestly. It was so I would remember our fragile earth every time I look in the mirror and twist all the way back to see it. <laughs> uh, not that you were asking me, but, uh, but not a deal breaker. Yeah, I'm sure that out of all the girls Andy's hooked up with, a ton of them had worse tramp stamps. A ton? <laughs> not that I care how many girls you've been with. I mean, our first real date isn't even until tomorrow, so, you know, whatevs. Is there a number that's a deal breaker for you? Yes, yes. It can't be less than half my number or more than twice my number minus seven. Oh my god, having to figure out that formula is a deal breaker for me. As Julian, Kendall, and BDT keep talking and arguing about deal breakers, Molly leans over to Andy. I think we have our first question. And we end act three and go to the tag. We're in Little Bucker's bar. Kendall, Andy, and Mountain Man Dude watch from the packed bar as Molly sits on the mechanical bull talking to Burdett. I'm psyched to finally do this, Burdett. Just totally fearless and that cool under pressure you expect from your bartenders. Still a bar back. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, let's see if you reconsider. The, ball, the bull starts up, country music blares, and everyone goes bananas. Except this isn't wild or sexy at all. Molly hunches over and concentrates really hard. <laughs> the rest of the bar watches cringing. 
Her shirt rides up just a little in back, revealing a bit of her tattoo. Please tell me that's not her sex face. It can't be. It just can't be. It's not. It's not that bad. Okay, it's a little. It's a little bad, but it's still adorable. And the mountain man dude chimes in. Them dolphins are bumming me out. (laughs) (laughs) Making me think about. Dying ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the show. We're back with the Max Fun Drive episode. This is we do this once a year. That's it. It's just this once. Is the only time we see each other. Yeah, <laughs> no, we see each other to shows. <laughs> oh right, and right, right. we oh, see each other. You? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, I'm the guy reading the stage directions. You do a great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I gotta say, if people are pledging, I think for that alone, <laughs> which is I say it at every live show, it is the one of the hardest things is to read stage directions <laughs> in a stage reading, and it, Andrew does a great job every month. It's what I'm in it for. I love doing it. <laughs> um, we're not going to bother you for a, a year. This is it. We're gonna uh, a year is going to go by. We're not going to ask you for anything. Um, um, this is the one time, you know, if you've enjoyed this show, if you've enjoyed any of the what, 25 episodes that we've put up, um, please go to max, MaximumFun.org slash donate. You'll get cool gifts. You'll feel good. You'll feel so much better listening to the show, um, knowing that you're a part of this community and the, the whole Maximum Fund community. It, it's, a, it's a great thing that Maximum Fund does, and I think uh, anyone who, who donates is going to really do it for selfish reasons because it's really just going to make you feel good. And it'll make us feel good. It really will. So, so one last time. MaximumFun.org slash donate. Where, Ben? On your computer? Yeah, you got to <laughs> go what there. You meant? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do that on your computer. Don't try it somewhere else. <laughs> Don't try it on just your manual typewriter. It's not going to get you there. Uh, thanks so much to all of our existing uh, members and to all of our new and upgrading members. Remember, we're trying to hit 25,000. Help us get there. Thanks so much. <laughs>